powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN. This is season four. It is episode 29 of the Ring and Drake Talkie Podcast. And welcome to 2023, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And uh, Holly and I had a very, very relaxed New Year's Eve break. Very relaxed. Kids were gone. They were off doing their own thing. We did very little. Watched some TV. Watched a movie. The long version, the extended version of A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And I mean, Holly's a music nut. So um, we had originally seen the movie. It's a good movie. Obviously, it's a remake, right? Of the the Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson, I believe, movie back in the day. Listen to you, um, critic. Movie oh, critic. just I'm rattling it. this off. But, but shockingly made it to 12 a.m., 12.01 a.m., so it was a quick peck on the cheek. Happy New Year. I'm going to bed. And that, that was that was as exciting as it got in our house. How about you? We were down in Seattle, but you are, that is a good point. New Year's Eve is a young person's, oh, yeah. remember, you rev it up, can't wait. Just, <laughs> oh, like, anyway, we were down in Seattle. I had a couple of cracking games, one on the 30th against the Oilers to watch Connor McDavid play on another planet. Oh, it unreal. was, you know. Every once in a while, I get a spot. That was a five-point game, right? Seven-two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had a goal and four assists. He played sixteen minutes. You know, like <laughs> they because they played the next night. But every once in a while, standing in the you know between the benches, something happens, and it just reminds me of just how incredible the players are. A couple times, <clears throat> McDavid went past me at a speed and a control, it, like you just there's nobody else that can do it like this. There's nobody else, and I was yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing to watch. So that was on the 30th. We had New Year's Eve in Seattle and it was the 30th as well was uh, our son uh, Riley's 16th birthday. Mm, and yeah. so we we had a really nice dinner on New Year's. We I don't know, you ever you ever done an escape room? Have not. Our, our years ago it comes to mind or one of those murder mystery things. Oh, no, different. no, like the escape the rooms same, are different. But, okay. We we really love them. We're you can imagine, you know, like I'm really good at putting clues together. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, we did that. And then we went to the fireworks at the Space Needle. And uh, <laughs> just, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. But it was so, so many people to get out of there. It was like, uh, it was like playing Frogger, the old video game. Just trying yeah, to get yeah, out of yeah. there. So yeah, we had a good New Year's, had the game on the first. And we get back uh, late on the night of the first. And so the reason I get the hat on, the Ray and Drake's hat, by the way. Ray and Drake's um, looks nice, yeah. Well, aside from the fact that it's 6.30 in the morning here, is uh, so the night of the first, we go to bed, we're just exhausted. You know, we've been up late and all this stuff for the previous couple of days. So Ollie the dog is sleeping on my feet. And so I'm like, got to get him off, but I don't really want to wake him up because, you know, I don't even know what time it is. So I don't realize I'm right on the edge of the bed. Okay. So I turn over and whack i hit my forehead i don't even see it like right it's like a it's like a dart i hit my forehead uh, on the corner of the night table and i could feel it puncture right like i hit it that hard i rolled wham right into and so i i kind of go i put my hand up to my head and i'm like oh my god that's warm i got blood pouring down my face 2 30 in the morning and i'm like what has just happened here like what oh. the hell just happened? So I go to, you know, I got my hand trying to not bleed all over the bedroom. I go there and I'm expecting this, this huge, <laughs> God, it's like a pinhole. 
and it was just like blood so i had to stop the bleeding and i was like kind of wakes you up out of a dead sleep in a hurry i'll tell you that was a a tough start so so pre-christmas whacked your noggin on something did you know yeah that was it was that was a cupboard yeah it's been a tough couple of weeks no kidding so quick story for you 1989 i think it was holly and i were driving a buddy in saskatchewan to the briar i think the briar was in saskatoon men's curling championship and he'd had a tough go his mama just died so we you know i was working in the business at the time and i got tickets so off we go we're gonna go to the briar we hit a patch of of black ice as we're driving we end up rolling this vehicle that we're in um like a pretty significant accident right so thankfully somebody stops and and i I guess he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, my buddy darcy and i'll never forget so he ends up cracking his head on the rear view mirror but the mirror had popped off so it was literally oh the yeah the stem of the mirror yeah yeah. and we're hanging upside down in this car and the blood is dripping and he looks at me he goes am i okay (laughs) and i mean it's not funny because you know, it turned out he, you know, he got several stitches across mm-hmm. the top of his head from this stupid thing. But what do you say in the moment? I'm like, yeah, you're fine. Everything's yeah. good. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, Holly, give me a shirt. And I grabbed his shirt and wrapped his noggin until the ambulance got oh, there. Man, that's... His, you cut your head in the blood as you, you know, how many stitches have you had yeah. historically? You know, yeah. I mean, they just bleed lot, up. Lots, man. That's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a leaker. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let's, they, they say these things can happen in three. Let's hope so not. let's, let's hope not for your sake, because you've had enough trauma over <laughs> the last three, four decades. Headlines again this season, Ray, presented by our friends at Boston Pizza. And, you know, as, as speculation kind of starts to develop more so on the trade front in the National Hockey League, I look forward to the conversations we're going to have on the podcast. But there's enough going on around the league and around the world of hockey that, you know, we can kind of get through some of it anyway here today in, in headlines. And we'd be remiss, I think, if we didn't start with Connor Bedard. And we're recording the episode Tuesday morning, so we watched the quarterfinal against Slovakia, and and you've done so many of these World Junior Games, international games, where you can just see the commitment by all of the players. Not just the Canadians, not just the Americans. I mean, that Slovak team poured their heart into this game, played their asses off, forced Canada into overtime, and then Connor Bedard scores what I describe as a bedazzling goal. I mean, how many Slovaks did he did he deke? Three before he he cleans it up hey. in overtime. Uh, I mean, I, the records are being toppled. You know, he's he's now the point leader. He surpassed Eric Lindros in total points on on the world stage. All of that. I mean, I guess what I want to get to with you is number one, your thoughts of him overall typified by that overtime winner. And is there something special about a player that it just felt right that Bedard would score that goal, did it not? In the fashion that he did, in overtime, is there something about a player who has that that ability to just seize a moment? I mean, you talked about Connor McDavid right off the top, right? We think of all the great players of the game. And not to put more pressure on this kid than he already has, but is there something to... The idea of a moment. Oh, I, I think there most certainly is. Um, s- some players, they just want it. Like everybody wants it. Everybody dreams of scoring the big goal, like scoring that goal that Bedard scored last night. 
maybe you don't quite dream that it'll be that nice, but you dream of scoring it, but you don't, you're just not, you're not capable of doing it. Like (laughs) if everybody wants it, you have to be capable of doing it as well. I think we've seen through the tournament for those that have gotten their first real look at Connor is that, you know, he's, he's got this ability to kind of hang out of the play and then be in it like in a split second. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to be in the mix, but he's got a smarts to him, keeps him in the mix. It doesn't really, even as I say it, it doesn't make sense, but you don't often see him tied up in the jumble of play. No, he's got an escapability to, to him that he gets in and out clearly his you know his skating and his agility and his puck work and that shot is you know that that shot is incredible i'm looking at players every time i do that tournament and you know now i'm watching on tv i i try and look drags and i'm like who does that player remind me of mm-hmm. who could who could he be what might he be at the next level and bedard's a tough one yeah. he really is yeah like you know like a friends we were watching with last night they're like you know could he be a generational guy like like Connor McDavid and I'm like no not the same because McDavid plays in a way that nobody else can play mm-hmm. you know and Bedard doesn't play like that now unfortunately there's not the proper video to compare and this is a you know an old guy take maybe but maybe it's the number maybe it's the size but he reminds me a lot of Marcel Dion wow and I mean, people might say, well, Marcel Dion, Marcel Dion's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, like it's pretty, he was a phenomenal player. Bedard has the same stature and clearly, I mean, skates differently and all that stuff, but that's the one I, I come up with. That's you can't compare him to a six foot four guy because he's not. No. Is he somewhere, is he like Patrick Kane a little bit? Is he, is he a, you know, a Caulfield shot with a, Kane agility but like like I think he's an amalgamation of a couple of different players I just I love watching him play I just oh man and the other thing Drake's to your initial point there's a fire to him mm-hmm. that that clearly burns pretty hot yeah. I just I love watching him play and and it, the, it, the goal last night it's funny when they missed the power play yeah uh Riley you know our the 16 our 16 year old he's you know he's a soccer player he doesn't watch hockey as much as is certainly we do and he goes if slovakia gets a chance they they they're going to steal this and then milic made that save yeah. like it was over and he made a really great save and then those poor slovak kids were exhausted <laughs> bedard beat the one forward twice i know like the poor I guy know. couldn't get off the ice and and nemitz who's a terrific player was just so out of gas yeah but Bedard had so he had 10 shots he hit the crossbar that doesn't count so that's 11 like (laughs) just 11 shots I mean he's clearly at you know at at the the entire through the entire tournament which are kids that are a couple years older than him even he's clearly the class of the tournament well speaking of the tournament how about another one Shane Wright and you talked about being in Seattle over the weekend some believe that Shane Wright is going to be reassigned back to the Ontario Hockey League by Seattle Kraken, depending on who you talk to. You know, Ron Francis isn't going to show his hand just yet. Some big names being traded, by the way, with that deadline looming in Major Junior Hockey of January 10th. Ryan Winterton, Seattle Kraken draft pick, was, was traded. He's just getting back onto the ice from a bad shoulder. He was traded from Hamilton to the London Knights. Danny Jilkin, 
who's a draft pick in the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets love this kid. I think he's a third-round pick. He just got traded this morning by the Guelph Storm to Mike McKenzie's Kitchener Rangers. So anyway, there's a lot going on. If, if right, uh, were to be sent back to the Ontario Hockey League, I believe that he'd facilitate a trade. Like, he would have that full no-trade clause. So he'd say, okay, yeah, I, I'm going back to the OHL, but I'm not going back to Kingston. Here's the team I want to go back to. So we'll see. I mean, not to be a distraction, and that's what it would, would be at this point as Canada's trying to get to a semifinal and get back to the gold. What do you see? What do you think when you watch Shane Wright? What's the best path for this young man's development? He's got to play. You yeah. have to play games. He's not going to play games in Seattle. Seattle is hanging around that playoff picture. Mm-hmm. So crazy as it may seem, you know, and I was just there for two for two games, even though they're in year one and a not even a half yet, it's not the time right now to throw Shane Wright in to play him 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah. If you don't play on the power play and you don't penalty kill in the NHL, you're rarely getting to 10 minutes. You just you just aren't. Now the Kraken's penalty killing is tied, I believe, right now with Vancouver for last. Mm-hmm. And their power play is 22nd. So you can say, yeah, you know, you can you can see a spot where maybe he could do one or the other. They're not giving up this chase for a playoff spot, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to play Shane Wright eight minutes a night and to take somebody out of the lineup, I just I just don't see it. To me, and you know, and Ron is a Ron's a conservative thinker yep. has always been with his development. To me, it points to Wright going back to the Ontario League. Here's the thing: it doesn't matter that Slavkowski is playing in Montreal. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where Nemitz no. is playing. Really, doesn't matter. It's got nothing to do with it. Seattle has to do the best for Shane Wright. And for me, I would be back in junior right now. I just, I don't see enough minutes there for him. Okay. Well, it's a story that we'll continue to follow here throughout the course of the week. And a decision will be made probably as soon as Canada either wins gold or is eliminated from the World Junior Championship. Back to the NHL. JT Miller, the Vancouver Canucks, in the spotlight again and has been for a handful of days here. Big deal or not? I don't know, but something that we should discuss because we haven't had the opportunity from him trying to explain his actions in, in trying to get Delia out of the net, right? So they're looking for the extra attacker. I'm sure everybody who listens to the podcast has seen the video of, of JT encouraging his net miner to get to the bench for the extra attacker. I don't know. I mean, seemed aggressive. It seemed a little bit over the top in a world where there are so many cameras and everything, you know, that follows these guys. I actually was okay with his explanation of it. And I also like the fact that he started the interview by simply saying, I don't pay any attention. We don't pay any attention to the noise outside of the dressing room. Good for him. Good for him. But he did explain it in, in a, an acceptable fashion for me. But then, more recently, last couple of days, he's now defending his lack of production of late um, based on a focus of playing better defensively. You buying it? I mean, are you? is that what you're seeing in his game? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's bouncing back and forth between wing and center is probably not very easy for anybody. With the year that Horvat's had, and, you know, and Pedersen's clearly their, you know, their best player. He's had, Pedersen's had a terrific year. Yeah. Really yeah. has. All of a sudden, if Miller's at center, he's your third center. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the place you want to play him, and that's probably not the set of wingers that you probably want to play him with. 
So, so that's a bit of an issue when he plays, you know, he's pretty clearly, he's an emotional guy. And I, you know, I connect a little bit with him because, you know, that that's, I did things that I just wish I didn't do. I can almost guarantee you he wished he wasn't banging the back of the net, screaming yeah, at the like goal. Yeah, like heat of the moment stuff, right? right. Where in the moment, you, you, and, you know what bothers, you want to get It bothers me yeah. when people write and say, oh, you know, he was an aggressive, he was aggressive towards a teammate. You don't really have time there to go, hey, Colin, if you don't mind, could you head to the bench? <laughs> you don't really have time for that. No. Now, you'd like to be a little more polite in everyday society, but at the time, you're like, get the f- to the bench. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you know you're running out of time. You don't. So that's my defense of that. You shouldn't do it the way that he did it, though. No. You just shouldn't. Last year to the production, 99 points. Career year. Everybody has one. That's why they call it a career year. He's not yeah. going to do it again. Doesn't mean he's not an effective player. If you get 75 points out of JT Miller and you get a, a more complete, more well-rounded game, then I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody would be disappointed with that. His numbers might be the people that picked them in their draft pool might be disappointed, but I think a, a lower point total, more complete player is probably a really good thing. Now, can he get there? Is he getting less points because he's trying to play a more complete game? I don't know. I don't know about that, but if I'm honestly, if I'm coaching, I'm going to say, look, JT, I, I understand you're an emotional guy. Don't do that again. It, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for you. It's not a good look for our team. I, I get all of it, but just let's not do that again. All right. Let's wrap up headlines with the Winter Classic. I, you know, we had Caroline on our list because they've won 11 consecutive games. Mm-hmm. I think we should call it the Rain Dregs bump because we had Rod Brindamore on not that long ago, and that team has been white hot since then. But it feels like we'll have opportunity moving forward to talk about Carolina. So staying in the moment, the Winter Classic yesterday afternoon. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like. I mean, I know it's a fan-based event, and I know Mm -hmm. that the players and the clubs buy into it. I loved the fact, and I don't know whose idea this was. I'm going to find out. The Boston Bruins arriving wearing Boston Red Sox old unis. Did you see that? See the old gloves? You see the old gloves? Oh, outstanding. See, but if, if that's Steve Mayer from the NHL or whomever came up with that idea, that is the spirit of the Winter Classic. The players bought in, like Brad Marchand looked like an old Boston Red Sox player as he's walking in, you know, just looks like that. Beyond that, it is, it's a spectacle. I feel like you have to be there to truly get it, to feel it, Mm. to get that wholesome takeaway. Otherwise, as we watch it on TV, it's just another game. You know, it just looks like another game. But in the moment, it's bigger than that. And so big day for Jake DeBrusque with a couple of goals. What is it about this? Bru- well, first of all, I mean, offer a quick thought on on just the Winter Classic, you know, overall. Well, I, I and think- then what is it about the Bruins? How do they keep rolling, right? They just, they just dig themselves out of adversity every single time. Well, to touch on the game, I think you, you hit all the, hit all the points, Dregs. I mean, it, it is. You know, like there, there is, there's a certain faction that say there's too many outdoor games. You shouldn't play anymore. It started out as a national spectacle. And then it's become more of a local markets thing that we yeah. show on national TV. And the local markets love it. And that's why oh. there's going to continue to be more of them. And it looks like it would be really fun to, to be there. Like the people looked like they had a good time. I thought the game was kind of a dud. It was um, a bit, bit flat. Yeah. You know, and. That's the way games can be in the regular season. It outdoor game is about the venue 
and everything around it. Once the game starts, the cameras can't show. Like they can, they can have eight thousand cameras there. It doesn't matter. You got to show the rink. The yeah. rink's two hundred by eighty-five. It's <laughs> all you can show. Doesn't matter if they got the the green monster in the background. You can't see it. Yeah. You can if you're there. But so it's a a location based event. Like I think it it best serves when you're there. As far as the Bruins, so I I worried coming into the year. A could they stay in the in the mix until all their injured guys got back from off season surgery. I didn't mm-hmm. realize they weren't going to lose a home game here, and now we're into January. <laughs> I didn't think, all right, not I didn't think, I didn't trust that David Krejci was going to be able to come back and make such an impact. Yeah. So their two centers, their two top centers are 37 years old. The only the only um, roadblock I see for them is health to those centermen, to Bergeron and Krejci, because yeah. this is a well-balanced team. They play a, a style that, is really aggressive. They get scoring from a bunch of different places. Like remember, uh, Nick Felino was on the was on on waivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jim Montgomery yeah. said, "I think he can get ten goals this year," and he's going to do it. And he yeah. looks terrific. So the bottom of their lineup is better. Their defense is really good. Linus Olmark has been. He's if you're awarding Outrageous the Vezinas, he's good. he's got it in his pocket right yeah. now. He, I think he, I think now he's twenty and one and one. Like, how's that for a start? <laughs> you know, so I, the Bruins are, and there's one other thing, Dregs, and of course you can't quantify this. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You just have, it's just there. And yeah. that's their, their chemistry, the way they fit. It just seems perfect right now in Boston. And if I were Don Sweeney, I'd be really nervous about tinkering too much with this team come up to the deadline here. No I know kidding. there's some rumors about Patrick Kane. I, I love Patrick Kane as a player fantastic yeah but what if you drop them in there and it throws the mix like what if they were able to make a deal for a significant addition like that and that happens that yeah. happens yep yeah. it always does like they you know they got taylor hall playing on a third line with charlie Coyle. he's had a fantastic year that yeah. line is a problem for yeah. teams to match up against and then yesterday things don't work montgomery moves the deck chairs around a little bit and all of a sudden different lines different players hall sets up the the DeBrusque game winner and and Jake DeBrusque had a big day, you know, and so it, it was, it's fun. I enjoyed watching it, but I think it's best when you're there. That's my guess. I think it's best when you're there. I've never, you've been to them, haven't you? Yeah. 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 I, I've never been to one. I went yeah, to one I, in Vancouver, but it was in the yeah. dome. It was inside. No, I, and I've enjoyed my experiences. I've been to a couple of heritage classics, a winter classic at Yankee stadium. I, I've enjoyed them when I'm there. You know, and mm-hmm. I'd like to take my family because when you're there, even though you can't see much, it just feels like you're. Oh, you know what? Something. I drinks. I was at an outdoor game. Duh. Yeah. Uh, the outdoor winter classic at the World Junior. Right. It was right, an amazing yeah. day in Buffalo. About forty-two feet of snow. We <laughs> those poor shovelers, the guys that came out. <laughs> oh my God! They must all had back issues by the yeah. end of it. There was so much snow, and it was a it was an amazing day. We've got a question about the Bruins and the Penguins. So think about this as we continue with the podcast. Don't answer it yet. It's on Instagram. It's part of Ask Green Driggs Anything. But a question about which team will have more Hall of Famers who are currently playing on the roster, the Penguins or the Boston Bruins. So there you go. Those are your headlines. Thanks, as always, to Boston Pizza. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. 
From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out of home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Well, for the first time in 2023, we're pleased to welcome in Chris Abbott. Presentation of Batano.ca, now available in Ontario. Batano, the game starts now. And we'll reflect to our game of the week, which was the Dolphins and the Patriots. New England wins 23-21. We'll get to the World Juniors in just a second. But an acknowledgement, of course, to DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills safety, who collapsed on field last night as we record this Tuesday morning of cardiac arrest. Now, the good news as we record, I have to emphasize that, is that he is in critical, but he is in stable condition. And at least my opinion, the National Football League did the right thing by postponing that football game. I mean, as we're all watching or following up after the fact, because there was a lot going on with the World Junior quarterfinal game last night, Canada-Slovakia, you could see it was dire, but I don't see that the NFL had any choice but to shut that game down. You agree, Abs? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's a terrible situation, right? Something we see happen every, I don't know what, every couple of years, every every few years, maybe once a year in some sport, right? We we have a terrible situation like this and and you know, fortunately for the player, Demar Hamlin, the the medical staff was right there. Everything was there. I saw I saw somebody say if you're going to collapse and you can't do it in a hospital, it's best to do it in an NFL oh. stadium because they have they have all the all the equipment there. So yeah, preliminary reports good, but like you said, still listed in critical condition. But it looks like yeah. he got all the best care that he could have, and and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it takes you back from uh, from what we do every day, and it's a reminder yeah. that that you know what we do is a whole lot of fun and very inconsequential at the uh, at the at the worst of times. You know, the I, I didn't see it live. We had some people over. I saw it later, and I was scrambling around Twitter trying to catch up and see what was going on. I thought when people started talking about the the blunt force, I, yeah. I thought of when Chris Pronger got hit. Uh, Agreed uh, with the puck in in Detroit and uh, and collapsed on the spot. And um, that that's the first thing I thought of. The other thing is the medical people. So if you're there early enough, on some nights they have. Uh, well, I guess the fans wouldn't see it. It's long before the game. They have the medical people do training stuff on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certain it's the same in in the NFL. So they'll they'll simulate player down, and mm-hmm. they they have their signals and their protocols to get the medical people to the player as quickly as possible. It's really, I just happened to see it one time. I was like, man, I of course they practice this, but it was really, really quite interesting to see how quickly people come because not everybody's standing in the same place, right? And and they come from different directions, and they you know, they congregate on the, on the injured player. So, you know, just all the best to, to Hamlin and his, and certainly his family, which, you know, I mean, you can't, you, know, you can't even imagine you're no. sitting there watching the game and, and it goes from this to that, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, an excellent point by both of you, because maybe it's something we take for granted and we'll move on here. But the fact that these athletes, these coaches, the personnel of these teams in pro sport have access to a world-class medical attention immediately um, is a probably big part of the reason why these individual players do eventually return to the field of play. All right, abs, 
you know, you're not in terrible shape, man. I mean, how's that throwing arm? The Miami Dolphins, they, they need some help at quarterback here, buddy. Maybe you could dig into your bag of tricks and help them out because they stumbled and bumbled their way through that one again and and, and lose late to the, to the Patriots 23-21, which, by the way, if we look at our updated status here, wins, losses, Ferraro is still leading the pack. And nine and five. I'm at seven and seven, and you're at six and eight. So, you know, inch by inch, my friend, we're getting that. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm going to run out of time to get back to 500. I guess if we're counting the playoffs, I might have a chance. But hey, listen, Ray got out to the lead, and he's just been kind of, you know, coasting his way home. And yeah, um, a late yeah, score we all... doesn't hurt. Late score doesn't hurt. <laughs> we all pick up the win, but. Yeah, it's been good. And, and Dregs, I haven't seen you in person in a while. I'm not in great shape, no. buddy. And my right throwing arm is an absolute disaster. So uh, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm sure there's more capable uh, more capable people out there. But yeah, it's it's fun. I was, I was actually at the Giants game. You talk about injuries. Nick Foles got blown up in that one. They brought the card out and he, he walked yeah. off. But I was watching the score, obviously, at the same time. And it was like 7-7 at half. I was like, Oh, don't know if we're getting to that over. And, and then obviously there's a bunch of points, uh, points late in the game. But yeah, it's uh, as for the Dolphins, I think they are kind of who we thought they were. They had a pretty easy schedule, easy-ish out of the gate, and they built up a pretty good record. They've got unbelievable receivers, but their defense hasn't really been a hallmark all season. You can't lose this Patriots team at this point if you're going to no. consider yourselves a serious contender. So I'd, I'd be very cautious betting the Miami Dolphins going forward here. <laughs> All right. We'll let you go in just a moment. We talked about Connor Bedard and just the the theatrics, the heroics that, that he's putting out there on the World Juniors stage earlier in headlines. But I recall, you know, pre-tournament or just as the tournament was getting going, we're going into the holiday season. You maybe dropped a few bucks on the idea of Canada and the United States being part of the gold medal final. So that one's out the window for you guys. <laughs> but in saying that, I mean, there's still plenty of action, right? As we get through and get ready for the semifinals and then obviously the gold medal championship game. Yeah, plenty. I mean, Canada's still a favorite, uh, an odds-on favorite to win the tournament at minus 125. Let me go back to the Bedard thing for a minute. If you're the Canadian coaching staff and you're like, overtime? All this extra ice? Yeah, I'm okay firing this guy out there as much as possible. Didn't take him very long. So absolutely wild what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, the future stuff from pre-tournament out the window, as it often is, by the way. That's why you get such good odds on it. But, hey, that Czech Republic team is exciting. Don't know if they'll be able to do anything with Sweden. But so many bets you can make. You can bet bet now which continent the, the winning team is going to come from. So, yeah, you get in there, take your pick. There's a whole lot to do. But I mean, listen, it's been discussed throughout the event that the Canadian team may be overhyped. Uh, maybe their pre-tournament odds were a little exaggerated. So listen, I, I've done it before in other events, the Women's Worlds, uh, Olympic soccer, where the, where the women's team won. I bet against them. Just, just a little happiness hedge. So happy to see them win. If they lose, I'll profit from it. I can't go on record saying I'm going to do that because I, I, <laughs> my passport hangs in the balance, but it might not be a bad strategy. <laughs> No, it's good business. All right, buddy. Well, we'll check back with you episode 30 on Thursday. Have a good week. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Take care. Happy New Year, Abs. All right. Time for Ask Rain Riggs Anything. Weekly, a couple of times a week, we invite you to fire off your questions to us. You can do it Twitter, Instagram, our social channels at, Ro- at Ray and Riggs, or on the website, rayandriggs.com. And each week, we've been doing this now for several weeks, we award at least one of our question askers with some Ray and Dregs merch. 
We've got some shirts in now, including Nike golf shirts. Thanks to our friends at Canadian Club for helping us with that. All right, as I teased, this on Instagram, Ray, from Ben, at ben.sees, S-E-A-S dot trees, at ben.sees dot trees. Which team has more future Hockey Hall of Famers on their current roster. Is it Pittsburgh or is it Boston? And I can I just jump here for a second? Because this will be a challenging one for you, my friend. You know, you look at Boston, you think Bergeron, obviously. You think Brad Marchand. I don't know. I mean, David Posternak at his pace is a future Hall of Famer. Do we know enough about Charlie McAvoy? I mean, he could be. What about you know, David Krejci? Not quite think so. Yeah. This is this is a good one. This is a this is a, a great one. question. And um, <laughs> so right away, you know, when you gave me the little teaser heads up there, yeah. I'm spinning the rosters through my head, and I'm like, oh, I know man. it's amazing. You start going through. So I think Marchand will be. I firmly believe Pasternak will be. Okay, Bergeron will will be elected and give a perfect speech. <laughs> okay, like, I'm going to take a quick pause here. Did you see when they brought out Johnny, when Johnny Busick came out yesterday? I loved it. Okay, so the chief is 91 years old. He's from Creston, BC, just a small place near Trail, where I'm from. Yeah. And he was the Bruins traveling secretary for 30 years after he retired. Yeah. The yeah. players adore him. Yeah. Like, he is, he is just an incredible person. So as he was coming out yesterday, I don't know if you noticed, Zidane Chara stopped to help him. And Busick basically said, beat it. I got it. <laughs> it was awesome. I just I just loved it. Loved it. It was so great. And Chara kind of chuckled and moved moved along, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I think those three for sure, too early to I'm gonna say McAvoy no, because I don't okay. think there's gonna be enough points to you know, I think he's a tremendous player, but I, I just don't think there's gonna be enough points there. So I've got Marchand, uh, Pasternak, and Bergeron. Okay. The Penguins for sure. One, two, three is Crosby, Malkin, Latang. They're all in. Yeah. So I guess right now I've got I've got kind of a dead heat here. It's a dead heat. And uh, I, I don't I don't know. People get all tied up about the Hall of Fame, you know, because they're they love their team. But for me, the Hall of Fame should be really hard to get into. It shouldn't be for really good players. It should be for great players. Well, and and in fairness to Ben, it was a perfectly worded question because yeah. he adds current yeah. to the current roster because you described Zdeno Chara's experience yesterday with, with John right. Music. All right, well, you know, Big Z is a Hall of Famer. Okay, Probably. yeah, so is Marc-Andre Fleury. They're still so a, is Marc-Andre Fleury. They're still, <laughs> they're still in a dead four. heat. <laughs> <laughs> what a good question. All right, that's tremendous stuff. All right, okay, next question. Where are we going here? Um, from Bruce on Twitter, right? Do you think that the top-heavy salary structures that they've used in Toronto and Edmonton around the National Hockey League can ever compete with the discount mindset-based teams like Boston and Tampa beyond a single series. And, I mean, in fairness, Boston and Tampa also have some big contracts, right? Not as top-heavy, to his point, as Toronto and Edmonton. So it's at Jim Day Wong. That's that's Bruce on Twitter. It's an interesting observation. It's one that we kind of talk about somewhat regularly. And you do wonder if a top-heavy team like Toronto or Edmonton 
can win, given that they've invested so deeply in that core four, core five? Uh, I think they can win. There's a danger of of thinking it's all the same in every place. Mm -hmm. Tampa has built-in advantage with their state tax that certainly gives them um, salary cap help. Like they can pay somebody a number that fits better in the cap. Now, with you know, it's been shown several times that taxes and things, yes, they impact, but with proper tax planning, you can make one salary look like another pretty easily. But right. that doesn't yeah. change the number on the cap. The, the number on the cap is is really what it's all about. So Tampa's had some advantages to that. They've gone through this great run they've on, and Braden Point's been on a, a really manageable contract. Braden Point's going to, you know, just kicked in his extension at, I think it's $9 million. Yeah. So it depends when the players get to that big number, because what are you going <laughs> to do? Not pay them? No. If you don't pay them, you don't have them. It's, right. it's far, Boston's the most interesting to me out of this mm -hmm. because David Pasternak is, he's the tipping point. Mm -hmm. He really is yeah. because, you know, Bergeron's now 37. He's there at a, you know, I think a million five plus bonuses, him and Krejci, the same thing. Marshan's at six, six. But when he signed that contract, there was a lot of people that went, geez, they really, they really reached on, you know, the number with, with Marshand and, and so you, I think you get a little lucky sometimes. This is a really good question because mm -hmm. the answer is top heavy team hasn't won yet and maybe they will, but I think you got to be really lucky that the lower end of your roster salary wise comes up big for you. Mm -hmm. That's, that is the one, one critical piece that has to happen. Excellent. Thanks, Bruce. One more and then we'll wrap up asking Andrigs. Uh Back to Instagram from Rob. So it's rwillie50. Rob says, quote, let's back up the truck. Ray, who were the worst teammates or at least a bad story? Mm, you're not going to like this. I, I would say good can try. <laughs> um, none of your business. <laughs> that, that's there there's your story <laughs> no i guess it, it's not for me to say not for me to say no chance well it wouldn't be glenn healy or or pat flatley right? no i mean you might have had experiences that were challenging at times you know you talked about it in the recent podcast where flats would come back to the bench and bark at you for not getting them in the pocket oh, whatever but th that was not anyway. um yeah there's just no i know why you're interested because you're interested but yeah you're not going there no Good for you. Well, okay, hold on. So Rob Gregg, uh, producer executive extraordinaire, has just granted us the green light to give all three. They were great questions. questions. Great like, questions. Like, honestly, questions. Rob, the last one, it's a hell of a yeah. try. He's not going to get an <laughs> so, answer. Yeah, but he gets a hat. Let's give yeah, him a hat. Yeah, but he should. But he yeah, should. He gets a hat. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So, Rob gets a hat. Answer. Ben gets whatever. I mean, maybe a shirt. I don't know. We leave that up to the powers that be a go-go to kind of furnish with. Yeah, do you know what I do like, Drake's? I do like the, I like the, well, you can't see, but the, the, the hoodie. I like, yeah. I wear this hoodie a lot. Yeah. I don't get to wear mine because as soon as it arrived, Mason Dreger, as your sons often do, yeah. instantly got into the package and went, yeah, I'll take that and I'll take that. And yeah, well, yeah. I saw it. I just haven't worn it yet. But I'll get my hands back on that. All right. What's your week look like, my friend? I mean, we're, we're I, into I it still all, right? have. I've got one more week of this relaxed schedule. Yeah. Before, like, the old Bugs Bunny thing when you walk face first in a frying pan. 
Like that's what that's what it looks like from the tenth of January on. Because there's the way it works, you get a number from your employer of the number of games that you're going to do. Yeah. I'm a little light on my number right now. Yeah. And you know, if you're light here, you're not gonna be light there. Yeah. And I've got yeah, I've got my next game's actually on the tenth, and then tenth and the twelfth. And then the ball just starts rolling fast. How about yourself? Yeah, you know what? Very, very similar. Had 10 days of not doing a lot. Like they put insider trading on hiatus. Uh, so we've got the podcast. We've got some other elements. That's hockey. Doing a couple of Winnipeg Jets games, which I actually enjoy, right? Because mm. it's different. You know, do the, the Leafs and the Sens a, a fair bit. So I've got that. But to the point that you've just made, I'm feeling that's coming, especially with our Leafs in studio stuff, because you get into early February. Now you're looking at the all-star break, right? So it's it's relatively quiet. January's not terrible. March, I think, is going to be just well, pure Well, one nonsense. thing, Drake, as, yeah. as you know better than me and better than most, between the 5th or so of January and the 30th of January, every NHL team mm-hmm. will congregate with all of their management, their heads yeah. of pro and amateur scouting, and they'll have their meetings, and that will determine what yeah. the course of action is going forward. Like the teams will come out of there with a, uh, out of those meetings with a very pointed strategy. Now, whether they can execute it or not, but that's coming mm. in the next couple of weeks. And that's where, that's where the Drager machine starts. Oh, it's a fun time of year. It is, but it's, it's busy. A lot going on. All right. Huge shout out to our partners, right? We make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, good friends at Canadian club who ask, are you over beer? Boston Pizza, pick it up, get it delivered. Just let Boston Pizza do the cooking for you and your family tonight. And Botano.ca, now available in Ontario. The game starts now. And by Doer, check them out at Doer.ca. Use the code RND15 and you will save 15% off everything at Doer. That is episode 29 of the Rain Dregs podcast. Until episode 30, be well, stay safe, and enjoy the World Junior Championship.